0: Coming up on this week's podcast, there's fireworks in the last five minutes at Villa Park, Tottenham and Manchester United's chances of the top four finish go up in flames, whilst Newcastle put on a sparkling display at West Ham, Sheffield United and Bournemouth rocket up the Premier League table. Pete tests our knowledge of another teaser, and we look at the action from the EFL. I have some more stats in the wonders of white, and there's no Rich this week, so Liam is in as co-host. As always, if you, want, if you like what you hear, remember to subscribe on YouTube or follow us on our social media accounts. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of View from the Sideline podcast. It's Chris here and no Rich this week. So Liam is co-hosting. Hello, Liam. Hi Chris, how are you doing mate? I'm alright, not too bad yourself? Yeah, not too bad, thank you very much. Good, good. Um, and I'm assuming that you've watched a lot of football this weekend?
1: I've seen quite a bit, yeah. Some of it I wasn't overall thrilled with, but um, yeah, lot yeah. of positive for me <laughs> until so, injury time. for Yeah,
0: so obviously as uh, some of you may be aware, obviously Liam joined us a few episodes ago Uh, He's a Villa fan. Uh, We actually got you on at the wrong time because um, actually ever since you were on, I don't think you'd actually lost a game until this weekend. So uh, yeah, Yeah, we we, got uh, you on the wrong weekend.
1: uh, I think Dean Smith listened to my critiques last time I was on. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we seem to put a decent run together.
0: We we do get a lot of that on here. A lot of uh, managers and players, I think, listen to this and... uh, get pumped up by what we are saying um anyway we will we'll go straight in with pete's teaser and what have you got for us this week pete in the current premier league in the correct order who are the three longest serving managers well that's a good one pete that's a good one three longest serving premier league managers (laughs) Might be a bit difficult, but I think I can name at least one. I
1: think I Maybe. think one's pretty simple. Two, two. Tri-
0: yeah, it just little... change, It's changed so often now; it's just so hard to. Uh, I'm just not surprised Lampard will be in the top. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of the year, mate, you
1: never know. Yeah.
0: So we will. Um, we'll go into the Premier League review now. Um. Uh. Sorry, Liam, but we are going to start at uh, Villa Park um, nice. for the Villa Liverpool game and. Obviously, I'm assuming you've probably got a lot to to say on this. But just before you start, um, I thought I thought it was a it was a pretty you know pretty even game. I think, and you know Villa had you know they didn't just have, obviously they did score the opening goal, but they done more than enough chances. I thought, and uh, there was a a debatable offside for for, for Liverpool with with Firmino, but obviously. The thing is with V A N no, R, if you're if you're offside, you're offside. I don't think there's a lot you can really say about that. But what did you think about Villa uh, on the whole, Liam? I,
1: to be fair, I was quite pleased with how we played for a majority of the game. But it's that same thing coming back to Costas again. We we don't go and get that second goal and kill the game off. Like you said, we had a few chances, but um, yeah, we it was one of those where it, for once we weren't. Necessarily just sitting back and throwing as many men behind the ball as possible. We actually did look to try and kill the game off, which is a bit promising. We just, yeah, we don't have that. I, I, I don't think we have that 20 goal a year striker up front at the minute, which is a bit frustrating. But when he's in Chelsea Liverpool, this
0: season, <laughs>
1: exactly, yeah. I mean, he was on loan to us last year and unfortunately had to go back, but um, yeah. I just—I never had the feeling that we were going to hold on. I always thought that Liverpool were going to score. And I was just hoping that the one goal was going to be enough for them and and it was just going to be the equaliser that was going to be the late goal. But to get two of them was a bit disappointing considering I actually defended
0: well. even, Even obviously when they spoke to the manager after the game... You know, he, he did say that, you know, for 85, 86 minutes of the game, you concentrated really well. And it was just that lapse of concentration, maybe on two occasions that have uh, uh, slightly cost you the of uh, the, the win. But to be fair, Mane's header, you know, there's not really a huge amount that can be done about that. I think it's more luck than anything. It's kind of yeah. hit him and it's kind of gone through a few defenders. So it was one of those him,
1: soft so, goals but... that you, you can't, you can't fault anyone, particularly. It was just a general lapse in concentration. I think, I, I think we thought the chance that created the corner was a, a free kick from Alexander Arnold, and I think we we had the mindset of once that didn't go in, that's it, we're safe. And uh, you can't do that against Liverpool, not with Mane and Salah had a quiet game, but when when you got players like that, that's going to make the difference over. 95 minutes not just the 90 yeah. and uh, yeah i think that's what cost us it was a shame i've got a few friends at liverpool fans who watched the game as well they all commented on how well villa had done and oh yeah definitely. on radio and and it's promising you know we started off this season losing in a similar way to spurs but we held on in that game, I think for about 65 minutes. So we've now managed to get to 87. I think maybe a little bit more fitness or something. (laughs) We'll get the whole
0: Um, way, but yeah. With um, obviously Liverpool now, it, 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 you know, from their point of view, it is quite a scrappy win for them, a 2-1. And it's a, a few times this season where they've just, they haven't played particularly well and they've won by the old goal. But it's those sorts of performances that they'll look back on. And, you know, if they do end up winning the league, it will be those games, you know, where they, where they kind of ground out a win that they'll look back on. And and think that's probably where they won the league, but it's the
1: performance of champions. in it? I mean, yeah. this, it was a similar game, I think to the game they had against Sheffield United a couple of weeks ago, where it was not much in it overall, but they just got that one goal, that little bit of an edge. And, um, mm towards the end and and just managed to take the three points but yeah it's it's looking yeah it's looking difficult for the rest of the premier league to catch up when they're winning games like that obviously it'll be a big game at the weekend against man city but yeah when you're winning like that it does it does seem like you're inevitably going to end up winning a trophy somewhere
0: definitely so speaking of trophies obviously last year's winners Manchester city took on um shall we say, a a fragile maybe Southampton side. Um, (laughs) But obviously, a lot of people would have predicted, you know, City, you know, to to freely score in this game. But I think you have to give a lot of credit to Southampton here. Obviously, coming off, I know they played in the League Cup against them in the week, but obviously, it's still going to be in the back of their minds. Obviously, what happened last week, losing 9-0. I thought they defended really, really well. and, And fair play to McCarthy in goal. I think um, obviously, they made a switch um, in goal. Obviously, the goalkeeper last Louis um, didn't play, but um, he made some important saves. So I think kept the score down a little bit. And you, you might say, you know, Southampton were a little bit unlucky in this one. But you know, I, I, all I, all I really got from the game was that, you know, f- f- from a Southampton point of view, I think their fans would be quite happy with that. I know they lost. Yeah, I, they still...
1: should. Be. I, I had Man City down to get five or six in this one and they did defend well Southampton to be honest I thought Bednarek played very well um, McCarthy had a good game like you say I, I felt a bit sorry for Gun because it wasn't really his fault that they lost 9-0 last No week. no,
0: definitely not It's, um, it's hard
1: for a keeper when you get taken out I guess it's his mentality really losing 9-0 you're not going to be confident so that was probably why they did it not. His ability but yeah I thought Southampton played really well showed a lot of spirit they um, fought for everything, which I think Southampton fans they always appreciate. And oh yeah, definitely. It would have been easy for them to roll over and just say, "We're playing Man City away. We lost nine 0 last week, so we're going to get turned over again." But they didn't, and they turned up. And I think they were unlucky not to get a draw. To be honest,
0: I oh, thought it yeah. definitely, yeah.
1: Just it's another one a similar goal to Villa, really, in the sense that it was just a bit of a lapse in concentration that just let them in so late on and. Yeah, when you're uh, struggling at the bottom, those are the kind of results that go against you. Unfortunately, you never seem to get those last-minute winners. So they, they were a little bit unfortunate. But again, Man City, when you've got players like they are going forward, you always expect them to score. One one-nil is, isn't going to be enough. It's, it's uh,
0: frightening, frightening, isn't it? Especially when you look at like you know their starting eleven, and then even you look at their bench as well. It's just, you know, it's it's going to come up from all angles, really.
1: It's it's infuriating me every week because Aguero is sometimes on the bench and I've got him in my fantasy league team. <laughs> um, but when you can bench probably one of the best strikers in the Premier League, um, certainly now, probably of all time, it's uh, it just shows the
0: strength and depth you've got. As I say, yeah, you certainly know you've got depth when you can put Aguero on the bench. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, and, and he's been benching Sterling as well recently. And when he's on the form
0: that Sterling's on,
1: it's quite hard to... Um, I
0: see. know um, see, Real Madrid have uh, already started poking their fancy at him as well. I saw in the in the news this week that they're on about paying seventy mil and Gareth Bell or something, something like that. But I yeah. can't see City wanting to let him go. I said to I said to Rich last week that you know I think on current form he is probably up there with the best in the world at the moment. So, I, I think I
1: think he absolutely is. And it, seventy million is a lot of money, but. When you consider some of the other price tags going around for other players at the minute, um, £70 million for Sterling, even
0: if you swap, (laughs) probably (laughs) is not what he's worth. Going to be paying a lot more than that, I would have thought. Okay, so uh, we'll move on to the West Ham-Newcastle game. Um, What a cracking game this was. A really, really action-packed game. And for Newcastle as well, you know, how many times can you say in the last couple of years that you've, see Newcastle free up on a team. Um
1: not just Newcastle, a team managed by Steve Bruce. <laughs> yeah. I, I should know. I <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Years, well, I, saw, but... I saw on um on on Match of the Day that they said that this is the first time in, in so many games that Steve Bruce has been two up in a game. I was sort of blimey, It's it's cra- yeah. it's just crazy really, but um I thought for Shelby's free kick, I thought that the keeper probably should have got more on that. I think it was I think he should have done yeah. a bit better than that. But you know, West West Ham are so unpredictable. I it's just for some reason they when when they don't show up to games it is very, very noticeable. I know they got slightly back into it towards the end of the game, but you know, Newcastle probably just switched off a little bit, but you know, for, for if you were a West Ham fan, I think you see this fixture as, as one that you probably should be winning.
1: Definitely, I think anyone um, in the, that bottom half of the table will see Newcastle at home as as quite a big game to win. Um, I think it's interesting. I was listening to um, to Five Live, and uh, a West Ham fan was on there saying that their their big players are what's letting them down because of the lack of consistency and. People like Felipe Anderson and Yarmolenko are obviously good players on their day. And if they turn up, can win you a game. But when they're not there, it's like playing with 10 men. And I think this was a case uh, today, well, on, at the weekend of, um, of West Ham's big players just not turning up, really. I think you're right. The keeper could have, I think, should have probably saved Shelby's free kick. I think... He, as a goalkeeper you get a bit of stick if the ball goes your side of the goal and although it's gone over the wall in this case I think you have plenty of time to get down to it um but I think it's just a case of their big players not turning up I mean I I only watched the highlights of this one but I don't think I heard Anderson's name once and this is million you've got to be looking at a better performance well you
0: you compare it to him last season last season he was by far West Ham's best player and you know he's got a lot of goals from them this season. It just doesn't seem like, you know, he's performing to the best of his ability. It's a bit like, um, I know he's gone now, but Arnautovic, he was, you know, when he was at West Ham, he was always kind of their key player that, that when he wasn't playing, you really noticed a dip in form for West Ham. But, you know, to be fair, I, I don't think we can take anything away from Newcastle. There was a, a really strong three points for them. And, um, you know, it was it was very much needed for them, and it kind of gives them a, a little bit of breathing space for now. <laughs> Probably think, not not for long, but
1: well, I think it should give them a little bit of confidence because from what I've seen of Newcastle so far this season, they've they've not been great. But a performance like that, I think mm-hmm. the new signing sent sent Maxim in. I want to say I pronounce yeah,
0: that. No, that's he, right, he yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, he looked exciting. Lacked a little bit of end product.
0: Yeah, that's what but... that's what I. I thought as well, you know, I know they they were 2 free up, but he, he had two chances where I think he got pretty much through on goal. Um, one, he, yeah, one, he took round the keeper and ended up trying to square it. But I think he probably should have just had a shot in that one. But yeah, you know, fair play to Newcastle, um, a big three points to them. And, um, I think speak- they'll give a good go of being
1: safe this year. A lot oh, of people yeah. are putting them off, um, because of what's happened over the summer. Um bringing in Steve Bruce to replace Rafa Benitez is obviously Benitez is a big loss. But I think it's for me, I'd, I'd prefer a Premiership with them because they are such a big club with that fan base.
0: Yeah,
1: definitely. And, um, I, I I actually I really hope they do stay up. Actually, I, I like the way that Newcastle fans are so passionate and, and they do deserve better than Mike Ashley at the minute. But um, I hope this gives them confidence to go on a little bit of a run. Not too soon because I think they've got Villa next.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, uh, aren't you playing? Yeah,
1: (laughs) after we get the Villa game out of the way, then I do hope they put a few games together because I know I took the mickey out of Steve Bruce, but I did quite like him as Villa manager. He, you know, made a few mistakes, but um, he got us to a playoff final. You know, we were one step away from from going up under him, so you've got to congratulate him for a good job on a small budget, really, at Villa at the time because we had a almost a transfer ban, basically. We couldn't buy anybody. And, um, yeah, I hope... I, I'm, it's odd. You, you've got a mixture of... You either play ball and football that gets you a result, or you try and play entertaining football and you can end up losing 4-3, whatever. And uh, he's very much along the lines of, keep it tight at the back and, and the results will come. And I think they will get there eventually.
0: Well, we'll, we'll wait and see. But another another team currently kind of struggling Um, I'm not talking about Everton I'm talking about Tottenham (laughs) (laughs) I can say that he's not here so I can say what I want about Tottenham I could get it all in Um, obviously the game the Everton Tottenham game completely overshadowed by a a horrific injury for uh, Andre Gomez on his ankle Um, it was uh, it it wasn't so much the tackle I think it was the, the aftermath of the tackle by Son and I I have seen today that they have rescinded his red card so I I didn't think it was a red card but obviously when they obviously when they reviewed it um the the referee thought it was a red card but um possible handball from Deli Ali definite handball I think that, <laughs> I say I yeah. say po- I say possible I yeah I think it was definitely handball
1: yeah, it, he's not looking at the ball, but you you can't have your arm up there, can you, and have the ball hit it and not expect that to be given as handball. I think that's, um, yeah, I, uh, the fact that they looked at it and decided not to give a penalty as well. Strange, was, very strange. Yeah, an odd one. I don't really know the thinking behind that. But again, that's a sort of champion for bringing through a bit of communication between the officials and the uh, people that are actually in the stand, like they have in rugby. If you can mic the referee up, it might give a bit more clarity.
0: But um, for Tottenham, obviously dropping points again. Um, you know, getting further and further down down the table at the moment. So it's a strange one for Tottenham. Um, I'm not really sure where they go from here. To I've spoken to Rich this week and he, he, he seems to be in the mindset of just get this season over and done with already and sort of rebuild. Um, but, you know, it, it's a hard one because obviously at the start of the season many had predicted them to be in the top four. Um, but it is games like this where they're, where they're not really showing up.
1: Yeah, to I think I, 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 similar to, to West Ham in a way when they're big players and they've got a lot of big players, but... When their big players don't turn up, they um, it almost seems to cost them a man on the on on the field. And yeah, he's been erickson has been sort of in and out of the team, and Ali again has been in and out of the team. And after all the promise he was showing until about eighteen months ago, he's a different player at the minute.
0: Yeah,
1: scored uh, this weekend, but he's not he's not been that player that came into Spurs for the first two years. So um, I think. Looking at the, their performances at the minute, there's got to be something going on in the background that a lot of the players aren't happy seems,
0: with. It it seems definitely seems that way, and you know I, we've mentioned this before, me and Rich, about their sort of big players and their contracts running out. You know, towards the end of this season, I think they have got Eriksson, um, Vatonga, Audavireld, Rose contracts all finishing this season. Are they want to go? Are they going to want to re-sign? It is, it's you know it's very hard to tell at the moment. So, I mean, if but... I was
1: them, I'd be putting everything I can into my performances to see if I can get that bigger move. You you have to warrant it. If they have twelve months of not playing very well, who's going to want them at the end of their contract?
0: Yeah, well, I think Eriksson has probably got the biggest chance of them all. To obviously he's been linked with Real Madrid a few times, but you know we'll have to wait and see. But. You know, the game itself wasn't really anything special. Um, no, it,
1: Ever... The injury was a, a big. Yeah, t- the whole attitude of the the ground seemed to seemed to change, and I know Everton got a late win, uh, well a late equaliser, but it it really didn't seem like it. I don't know whether it, that came across to you. It no. it wasn't. You know, if if my team scored a ninety seventh minute equaliser to draw against Spurs, there'd be pandemonium in the stands, and it was all very much.
0: Yeah. Quite, um... uh, obviously for them as well, the the manager, there was a lot of talk about him in the last month or so about him, you know, maybe leaving, but yeah, they've had a
1: bad start to the season. It's quite hard to put your finger on why, because they spent a lot of money. I actually thought they had a good transfer window and uh, yeah, it's hard to work out what's going on there.
0: Right. We'll move on to the Watford Chelsea game. Um, Another win for Chelsea. Um, Obviously, it was slightly close towards the end when uh, Ben Foster um, gets his head on the ball, but Kepper makes a, a really, really good save. Um, it was quite an impressive header from Foster, to be fair.
1: <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, you don't get many goalkeepers going up front, but um, he's had more shots on target than Jesse Lingard this season, so... Uh...
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? When you think that goalkeepers have more shots on target than, uh, than Jesse Lingard. But, you know, in all fairness, you know, it's a very impressive performance from Chelsea again. And it's the, it's the same players week in, week out that are putting, you know, those performances in. Obviously, Tammy Abraham. You know, a, a lot of people at the start of the season were complaining that, you know, they weren't sure where our goals were going to come from. But, you know, I think he's done more than enough to, to justify his place in the team. Same with Mason Mount. You know, mm-hmm. he's such a good player, Mount. And, you know, his stuff is not generally stuff that he does on the ball. It's, it's just his movement is so, so good. And, I really, and, and also another player that did well was Kovacic. Kovacic, I thought he's really had a... I know he doesn't score many goals, but he's really impressed me this season.
1: Yeah, yeah, I thought he had a really good... To to be fair, I thought 2-1 actually flattered Watford a little bit. I thought that Chelsea could have gone on and got a a couple more at least. Definitely, Um, yeah. Before the penalty, I think it could have been 4 or 5 quite comfortably. Um, Yeah, I mean... You guys look really good. I, I'll be interested to see what you think. Like, there's rumours the transfer ban could be lifted in January. If not, it'll be over the summer. What do you think? Like, if this is to continue, what do you think the, the, the it's for, next year?
0: It's very hard to say, really, because obviously, I think at the start we didn't really have any expectations this season. Obviously, with the ban, with the new manager we didn't really know how the team was going to gel, but, you know, not not a lot of people outside of, you know, support Chelsea or know Chelsea, you know, would realize that a, a lot of these young players have been playing with each other for, you know, six, seven years. You know, we had one of the best youth teams for five, six years running. And it's these players now that have come through and, you know they're they're playing together, and it is really shown on the pitch that they kind of know how each other work. So certainly it's, without it's,
1: Abraham, they've got yeah, thinker.
0: It's very difficult to say because you know do you change the system that's working for you? You know we've kind of this season we haven't bought anyone, we haven't you know made any huge signings, any marquee signings, and you know we're fourth in the league. You know six seven points clear of fifth. And two points off second so it 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 it's a it's a strange I thought I to be fair I if they lifted the ban in January I don't think personally they would do too much in the summer I think maybe two or three players will come in um cuz you 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 got to think as well Rudiger when he's back fit he will probably come in for Tomori yeah um so uh, is um, i think the only pl- i think i think one of the the positions we do need to strengthen is left back Alonso is you know don't get me wrong he's a great left back but he does get caught out he's, he is quite sluggish sometimes and i think and emerson is a good replacement but i think maybe if you know they were to bring in Yes, maybe not. I'm not saying chill well, but you know, maybe someone more of an attacking mind. You know, if we could get Andy Robertson from Liverpool, that would, okay. that, would uh, that would do. But I don't know. I I think for now, I think they'll stick with the system that is working. And you know, you got to remember, we got Jody Morris as the assistant. He worked with with most of the majority of these young players when they were you know when they were winning trophies. So. It's a good appointment. Yeah, yeah.
1: So vote w- from Derby, I think, was a uh, a good bit of business.
0: Yeah. So we'll, we'll wait and see. But yeah, a good win for Chelsea, uh, and Watford still looking for that win. Um, yeah. what, it will come. I
1: I keep on every week. I keep on thinking they're going to turn it around, and it's not are they? What's that? Twelve games without a win.
0: Mm, I think. I don't. I don't necessarily think changing their manager. You know, after four or five games of the season, has particularly helped. To be nice. honest, um, never ideal because you're not, as a manager, you're not really, you've not really bought the players in, have you? You kind of, and you're stuck for a very long time until you can bring your type of players in. So, I don't know. And he he managed there before, and it didn't work out. So it's it's very strange. You know, very very strange, but. It will come. I think they'll get a win, but you know, as the weeks go on, and the teams around them are winning games. You know, it is looking harder and harder, and more likely that they are going to be one of the contenders to be going down. So, mm. so we'll move on to the Aston Wolves game. Um, so, I'll just, if i just—if I—if I told you that Wolves had twenty-five shots on goal, yeah. I think you'd—I uh, think you'd call me a liar, but. Uh, you know, it's insane how many chances Wolves had in this game. Yeah. And I think with a bit more, you know, with a bit more concentration in front of goal, they could have easily, you know, walked away with this one. Arsenal's defendant is just poor. They, they are in, I know that, you know, their league position would say otherwise, but, I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes at Arsenal. Them out. I've seen I've seen today that Jack has been stripped of the captaincy, yeah, obviously after know. what happened. So, I I I, I Arsenal for me, have, defensively for the last four or five seasons have just not been any good. But you know credit to Wolves in this one, they really gave Arsenal a game. I know Arsenal took the lead of a but. I think Wolves might be actually disappointed they didn't come away with more than, you know, just the point that they did get.
1: Yeah, I think they deserve more, definitely. Um, They've drawn a lot of games this year, Wolves. Um, Games that I think maybe last year they would have won. I'm not not saying it's 100% down to being in Europe, but I don't know whether, because they're playing that extra game a week, it's maybe causing them a little bit of tiredness. I seem to remember Wolves last year scoring quite a lot of goals late on. And this year, they've drawn a lot of games, sort of won all and and, and had a few nil-nils. Obviously, a great win against Man City a couple of weeks ago. But it was an odd game. I think there's... I didn't think Arsenal fans could get more split when it was Dengar (laughs) in charge. But I think, if anything, they have. It seems to be very... Split right down the middle 50-50 between Emery in and Emery out at the minute. And I've heard some people say Mourinho should come in to fix the defensive problems. I've even heard some Arsenal fans saying that they want Wenger back, which... It's a bit
0: silly. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I can't see that happen. I mean, I'd love to see that happen, just because I think it would be quite funny. But it's it's a hard one at the moment when um, he's clearly got the pedigree, but he's lost... Something in the dressing room and he's mm. quite quickly losing the fans.
0: Well Aubameyang, Aubameyang was their fifth different captain this season um, that he's tried. Um yeah, so does, I don't know whether it's what he's doing what what he's what he is saying before and at half time is just not coming out on the pitch and they just don't have that natural leader, maybe. I'm not sure, but I think Arsenal, you know, I think they will finish top six i don't think that i don't think there'll be any worries but you know it might be a bit harder trying to push for that champions league spot but all in all going forward
1: they've got to be up there yeah the year i think but i it was interesting that when they were one nil up um, emery took torreira off i can't remember who he brought on now but it was an attacking player i think with the idea of killing the game and getting the second goal which you can do if you're a Man City or a Liverpool when you know you've got the defence that can carry that off. But when you're Arsenal, it just leaves you so exposed at the back that you do end up drawing these games or, or, or losing these games. I mean, we scored twice against them at the Emirates. so it, That doesn't... That shouldn't happen. Not to Arsenal. Arsenal shouldn't concede two goals at home. I mean, I know we still lost the game, but yeah, the defending was... Uh, yeah it's awful but we've been saying that for so long they've got to sort it out haven't they
0: Mm. so more i'd say of the surprise of of this season sheffield united they took on burnley um and, and what a game for sheffield united um exceeding expectations i would say this season um and i think it's results like this that show the determination that their players have but Lundström, the absolute heart of that midfield, he's, he's such a good player, and obviously he's been with the club for a while now, um, I think he was there when they were in League One as well, I think, that, I think someone a said,
1: a lot of the players have been there from League
0: One, um, and obviously for Burnley, not a single shot, on target at the weekend. I think that really summed up this game <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> uh, Chris, for them. Was, in, was he
1: Chris Wood injured or suspended? I think they missed him. He was good when he played against Villa. When I, I saw that game, I think they would would have missed him a lot.
0: Yeah, but Sheffield United. I think they're up to sixth or seventh now in the league. So for them, it's you know it's been such a good, you know, a, a good season so far, and 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 that definitely showed in the first half here that. Um, you could definitely tell which team went into the game with a lot more confidence. Um, and, you know, like I said, that showed with the goals that they scored, obviously Lundström getting two and then Fleck. I think he's another one that's been there. I think since they were in league one, yeah. um, getting the third and it's game over by half time for Burnley. And to be fair, you know you do see it a lot Sheffield United kind of took the foot off ga- off the gas in the second half but Burnley still didn't even come out and and threaten which is unlike you know a, a Sean Dyche team I think you know you know they do defend well normally and and they're kind of almost like an, a, a counter-attacking team with obviously Wood in the middle in, in the central he's the the sort of target man like you said they missed him at the weekend um You know, for Sheffield United, they got Tottenham away next, so
1: I I fancy them. I fancy them to get a result there. Sheffield
0: United haven't lost away from home since January, so and you think they've probably played at least five games away already this season in the Premier League. So, you know, fair play to them. Um,
1: Credit to Chris Wilder. I mean, like I was saying about the um, potential replacements for Emery, he's got to be up there as one of them. I think he's done an incredible job easy to take yeah, on to where they are now. He's is,
0: very, um, he's very tactical, isn't he? Um, well, w- he's with got, how he sets out, a, he's got
1: that system working so well. And the players obviously all know it, and I did fear the worst when they came up. they didn't really spend a lot? I know it's easy for a Villa fan to say when we spent 150 million <laughs> or up, but you know you do start to think. Well, a lot of these players have been with them since League One. Have they got enough? And yeah, definitely,
0: absolutely, really have. they have. So we'll move on to the Palace Leicester game, um, a, a game which was um, very close. I thought, obviously, but Jamie Vardy scoring, you know, towards the the end of the game, um, and he is free scoring at the moment. I think is the yeah is the goal. word to use. It was a really well taken goal as well, um, and. But we must talk about this defend- this Leicester defender. He got the goal, obviously the first goal, and I'm really going to kill his name now. I really don't want to. So- Soyanku, I think I'm going to say. Right.
1: I think that's right. He's another one in my fantasy league team, Chris, and he's doing me a world of good.
0: Oh, yeah. He, 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 he had such a good game at the weekend, and, and there's been a few performances like this, and... I, I, you know, I hate to say it, but they look a better team without Harry Maguire, which I yeah. probably didn't think you'd say that, but defensively, they really, really sharpened that. I think Rodgers has really worked on that defence. You know, I think, you know, Leicester, and it was it was clear to see on, on Sunday that Leicester are a very good team going forward, but it's always been the kind of defence midfield where it has kind of let them down. But um, I think on... On Sunday, it was a, it's similar to how they were playing when they won the. I'm not going to say they're going to win the league because they're you know it's very unlikely that they will. I, I will I'll never say never, but it's kind of these performances we're seeing week in, week out, and I think the Palace game at the weekend epitomised how far they've come with Rogers and and Rich. I mean, when Rogers took over at Leicester, Rich wasn't a fan. Um, But I think he's been fully converted (laughs) now.
1: I'm with him on that, to be honest, because I thought Rodgers at Celtic, uh, it's a job that you can't really get wrong. And he'd been there for a while. And I, I did think that maybe it was a bit too long to be out of the premiership. But yeah, he has done an incredible job. I think Leicester are a very good team. I personally at the minute say outside of Liverpool and Man City, they are playing the best football in the league. If they finish third, I think they would absolutely deserve it. There's, um, you mentioned so- Soyunku at the back. He's been brilliant. I think, obviously, Vardy is a top-class striker up front, has been for a long time. But, I just wanted to mention Harvey Barnes, because he's sort of gone under the radar a little bit.
0: He's, no one's,
1: uh, Madison and, and, and that for England, and there's no real mention of Barnes getting anywhere near it. But, I thought he was excellent at the weekend. And he, I, was, he, he was, he been- was, Time I've seen him this season.
0: He is very impressive um, and and young too, um, which is something that Rogers has kind of installed. And he'll learn from players around him as well. And you know, when you're feeding goals to players like Jamie Varley, that's you know that's going to build your confidence as well. Um,
1: but what, yeah, Feeneyman as well, by
0: the way. Yeah, right. How how on earth, they He kind of it's no no you know everyone that plays games like football manager will know how how good this guy is as well so how a lot of the bigger teams have kind of he's kind of slipped under the radar Um and he, he was really good you know Leicester weren't amazing last season but if you had to pick a few players that perform well from them throughout the season mm-hmm. he would be one of them and like you said he He's almost like the key in midfield, you know. It's him that's <laughs> he, he can turn things on, you know, when it's needed, and and it, you know, it with with, you know, when you got someone like Vardy up front as well, it's, it's always going to help when, um, when when you're feeding him. So yeah, but I was yeah. really impressed with Les, and I've been impressed for the whole season. Uh, I, I don't
1: think Palace actually played badly either. No, you know, no don't, don't get... yeah, yeah, it was a. Yeah. Even more impressive for Leicester to, to keep him out. I, I yeah, think and
0: Hod- Hodgson, well. Hodgson, even after the game, even said that the only thing that they lacked was just that final finish because they did have a few good chances. And I think it's, I think he, I think with Hodgson, he kind of knows how far he can take this Palace team. I think he knows that he's probably good enough to finish mid table. He knows that the team he's got won't will very unlikely get relegated but they're not going to be pushing for that sort of top 6 top 8 finish if you if you kind of get what i mean but
1: yeah. they need um, to stop. Ex Villa strikers
0: because Iu and Bentham. <laughs> yeah, although Iu has been scoring a couple of goals, Bente, Like I say, this week and week, out, I can't remember last time he actually scored a goal. But
1: I think you've still played for Villa last time he scored.
0: I think. <laughs> anyway, we'll um, we'll move on uh, to the Bournemouth Man United game. Um, not too much to talk about in this game. It it, it was quite a scrappy sort of game and. You know, credit to Bournemouth coming out with the victory, but Man United just taking those two steps back again with their performance. It, it, they look really, really sluggish when when they're on the ball when they're going forward. It's just yeah, not yeah. it's not the Man United you know, and, and this this display that they put in at the weekend is probably one of the worst. I think they I know they've lost some games this season, but for me, I thought effort-wise. You know, they had a, uh, Rashford had a good chance, but I, just, I don't know what it is about them this season. I think everyone was is quite shocked at, you know, obviously how bad they are performing at the moment. But credit to Bournemouth, who are playing really well. Um, they tend to start seasons quite well, Bournemouth, but then they do tend to dip off a bit towards the end. But um, I think for Bournemouth, their key players... You know, like your King, your Wilsons, they are essential for Bournemouth. They play week in, week out because it's them that make that team tick. Especially King, yeah. I think King's quite underrated.
1: Yeah, I think he's very good. He took his goal well um, at the weekend. It was it was a good finish, but I was I, I watched that goal go in, and you look back at even after Fergie with with like Moyes and Van Gaal but definitely under Alex Ferguson. You look how long that, that ball was in the Man United penalty area without a United player within three yards of it. It was amazing. And every every Man United fan I've listened to have said, oh, we need people up front. And there's been rumours about getting Manzukic. I don't think that solves their problem.
0: It's not, not it's, it's Still not
1: think their defence is what's letting them down. I mean yeah right yeah, like they haven't scored as many as they would probably like. But you can't concede goals like that and think that going forward is your problem. It's just
0: well, Gary Neville hit it hit you know hit. Hit the nail on the head. He said that that Man United team needs six, seven new players
1: yeah, whole to, to
0: rebuild. To rebuild, and he said that's going to cost you in excess of five hundred, six hundred million for the players that they're going to need.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, but it's a, I, it's I think a big job. And I, yeah. I, don't
1: know whether they can give Solskjaer the time to do it. I mean, I don't know what you think. I, I, yeah, I think. I think he'll
0: be gone. I think he'll be gone by the end of the season. You know, maybe by Christmas. I they won't want it they won't want to sack him, I think they'll bring someone in and and stick him in as a coach or something i't don't, I don't think they'll get rid of him obviously they' got Phelan in there as as the the assistant i, I don't know I, but whoever takes if he does go whoever takes that job on has got a massive job on their hands to 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 turn that around i think yeah. But we'll uh, we'll move on to the last game, which is unfortunately this week is Brighton, Norwich. Uh, you know, Brighton getting three points here. Uh, another team, Norwich, didn't get a, didn't have a single shot on target. Um, and for Norwich, uh, you know, Brighton, the first half was very dull. I don't think there's going to be any yeah. question about that. But Tross, uh, Tross- uh, again, you got to be careful with this name, Trossard. Yeah. Um, yeah, he put in a really good second half force. So his goal was quite good as well, and he, he assisted the second as well. Um for Norwich They're in trouble. They're falling deeper and deeper into the abyss now. And it it's hard to believe. Like the last game that they won was against Manchester City. Yes. It's just crazy, isn't it? It's, it's a completely different team from that game. It's just very strange, but you know, they they are they are gonna struggle and you know, fair play to Broughton, they get the three points. Um, they've had a
1: good start. They're doing I, well, I, for, yeah. The way that they've tried to go about things, I I think Potter's had a good um, good influence on the squad. Uh I thought it was harsh for Huton to get sacked after the good job he did getting them promoted. You yeah, know,
0: well, that's shocked team. a lot of people, I think. So Yeah,
1: but I you know, I I think I think that he's done well taking over and yeah, it's it's good to see uh, a club like Brighton doing well in the Premier League. I, I hope they manage to keep it up because uh, they do deserve it and they are playing some good football.
0: Definitely, definitely. That it well that is the um that's the Premier League review done. Um just a quick note, um there's Champions League games tonight, um two English sides are playing, neither of them are actually winning. Liverpool drawing one all with Genk. Uh Wijnaldum put Liverpool in front and then uh getting equalised two minutes before half time. Chelsea are three one down at home to Ajax. I don't know what's I go- don't know what's going on here. Three one. Um two own goals from Chelsea. Tammy Abraham and Kepper. So Yeah, so we're well, still scoring, mate. Right. Well yeah, still score. We've actually scored three goals tonight. Losing 3-1. Anyway, we'll be back in part two with the EFL review. Uh, We've also got a bit on predictions. I've got some wonders of white and we will try and get the teaser answer. So we're back in part two. Hello and welcome back to part two of you from Soylent podcast, we're going to get straight into the EFL reviews, and Liam has got the Championship and League One.
1: Yeah, so um, game in the Championship last night saw West Brom get back to the top of the table. Uh, They're back in first, two points clear of Preston North End, Leeds United and Swansea City, who are all on 28 points. Uh, Good win for Leeds United at the weekend at home to Queen's Park Rangers. Uh, They absolutely bossed that one, to be fair. It could have been, yeah, an absolute hatful there, but they ended up winning 2-0. There was another win for Preston North End as well. We were playing really good stuff at the moment. I know that Alex Neal's been... um, yeah, he's been rumoured to be getting the Stoke City job. Um, probably quite rightly so. They're playing really good football at the moment. Uh, the rest of the playoff places are at the moment with Nottingham Forest and Bristol City. So um, Nottingham Forest beat Luton 2-1 away at the weekend. Um, good win for them. Again, Lewis Graven on the score sheet. I think they've got a good striker there. Uh, in other results, Cardiff beat Birmingham by four goals to two in what looked like an absolute cracker. Uh, Middlesbrough the, the misery is still on Middlesbrough at the moment they're really not doing anything at the bottom Um they're 22nd at the moment which for a club like that is just to be in the drop zone in the championship is uh, quite a big thing Woodgate under a lot of pressure there so they lost 2 nil to Derby County at the weekend great win for Hull City away at Fulham who won 3-0 And finally, the other game was Reading 2 and Millwall 1. So at the bottom, we still have Stoke City on eight points. Uh, As I say, they're looking for a new manager after Nathan Jones was sacked. Uh, Barnsley just above them on nine points. Uh, Middlesbrough in the final place in the drop zone on 12 points. Going into League 1... There's new leaders at the top of League One, albeit with one game played more than Ipswich in second, and that is Wickham Wanderers. Uh, Wickham won 1-0 at home to Shrewsbury over the weekend. Uh, Ipswich, I don't think Ipswich played by the looks of things. I think that's where their game in hand comes from. Uh, Peterborough played an absolute cracker at the weekend. They're currently in third uh, but uh, they managed a... Well, actually, I was going to say they managed a 4-3 win, but they didn't. They lost 4-3 to Blackpool, a really entertaining game there. Uh, at the bottom, Bolton managed to pick up their second win of the season. They're now on minus two points, so still a long way for them to go, but it's good to see that they're finally getting some wins on the board. They beat Fleetwood two goals to one. Uh, Southend are above them in 22nd. Uh, they lost away at Sunderland by a goal to nil and the final relegation place goes to MK Dons at the moment who lost 3-1 at home to Tranmere Uh, I believe that AFC Wimbledon leapfrogged them this weekend as they drew one all with Lincoln so they sit just outside the drop zone with um, Accrington, Tranmere and Lincoln just above them Uh, so that's the league one done uh, the only other results I think were that I've missed were Portsmouth 1, Oxford 1 and Rochdale 1, Bristol Rovers 2 I think the rest are covered
0: Cool, so we're going to League 2 um, as I did say last week how close it was in League 2 And um, we do have another leader uh, Forest Green beat Cheltenham by 2 goals to 1 away uh, whilst Bradford move up to 2nd as they beat Exeter 2-0 That game actually had three players sent off, one for Bradford and two for Exeter. Swindon in third, they beat Walsall 2-1 and Crewe down to fourth after a 1-0 defeat to Port Vale. Exeter fifth and Cheltenham sixth, who both both lost to teams now above them. Making up the playoff places, Newport were down to seventh as they lost at home to Salford. Um, Morecambe remain bottom despite getting a 1-0 win over Leighton Orient and they are now level on points for Stevenage who are just above them after they picked up a point against Scunthorpe. Um, moving on to the National League, uh, so Yeovil um, for a short period were top of the table um, but unfortunately conceded a, a, a late goal uh, against Borenwood, so that game actually ended up 1-1. Obviously it's not a defeat so... You know, I'm sure they can take many positives from the game. Uh, so, yeah, so that was one all. And just a quick shout out to Altrium, obviously, in the FA Cup this weekend, playing York. Altrium, obviously, if you follow the podcast, our current team in our FA Cup feature. And the game is actually on Sunday on BBC. So, obviously, just just go and watch it. <laughs> just watch it. Um Okay, so we'll move on to predictions this weekend. Um, So Rich has kindly uh, given me the results, and I can see why, uh, because he won this weekend. Uh, He ended up on twenty-one points. I had nine, and the guests' set-piece shirts they ended up on three. Um, This week we've got James who's taking on the challenge. Um, So all that, um, all the. Fixtures and the scores that people have gone for are now online. Uh, so we've got Leicester, Arsenal, uh, Liverpool, Man City, which is obviously going to be a cracking game, and our FA Cup featured game, York versus Ultranum. So, Liam, to everyone's favourite part of the podcast, The Wonders of White. <laughs> what have you got so, for me, Chris? So I've um, so Spurs haven't lost any of their previous 38 Premier League games when Delhi Ali has scored a goal for them, so that's winning 31 and drawing seven.
1: Just wish he'd score more, then.
0: Well, that's what Rich said. Rich has actually uh, seen these, I sent them to him earlier this week. Um, so this one, unfortunately, um, this next one, um, isn't actually true anymore because I didn't realize that West Brom were playing last night, um, but it was, this was the stats. So it's uh, Preston have ended the weekend top of the championship for the first time since the 1st of December, 2006. So kind of say they ended Sunday evening on uh, top for the first time since 1st of December, 2006. Um, Frank Lampard is the, is the second manager in Chelsea history to win seven consecutive away games in all competitions behind the great Bobby Campbell, who achieved that in 1989. That is and a I've, great going. That is... I've, uh, I've got a little continental one for you this week as well, Liam. Uh, so, Real Batiste have become the first team in La Liga history to keep a clean sheet in three consecutive La Liga away games against Real Madrid. Uh, that that game ended nil nil oh. at the weekend.
1: <laughs> really good going.
0: So yeah, so there's there's your stats for the for the week. you you feel for the nice. week. There'll be more next week. Um <clears throat> But I think your stat, the, the the Ben Foster more shots on target than Jesse Lingard kind of trumped those, mate. That was a really that's, good one. I, I enjoyed good. that one. Um but sure, I can't take credit for that so anyway we will try and crack this teaser from pete so the current premier league managers in order who are the three longest serving so i think we both said that we knew one yeah uh, uh let me just double check what was that one that you make sure we were thinking the, the same the, one
1: the nailed on one for me i think was eddie howe eddie
0: howe yes yeah, that's, that's, that's the one i would have uh I think
1: you I think you might have mentioned one that I forgot um earlier uh, the podcast. I was gonna say Sean Deich has got to be quite close.
0: Well I would I would definitely say how and I would say that Deich is probably up there. It trying to nail on this third one. So we've got to think of uh so I'm
1: I'm torn. Between two, um, so we could between think... Pep Guardiola and Wilder at Sheffield United because he would have been there since League so, One.
0: So yeah, but so maybe every... Wilder is probably oh, second. No, because how long's Doish been at? Doish has been at Burnley for a long, long time.
1: He has been for a while now. It's got to be about four or five years. Poch? Oh, yeah. That's a good shout, actually. He's been, yeah, he would have been longer than Guardiola at Man City, I'm sure.
0: Because Poch was, he was pretty, I remember because I said to Richard the other day of how many trophies he's not won since he's been, I swear <laughs> I said six years. So I'll go I with think that. He was 13, 14. Too. Yeah. So, I'll go with those three. So you think those three... Right. Uh, so... Uh, so Potch was third. Nice. Dice is second and Howe was first. So yeah, we nice. nailed, that, nailed that one. Not all of them. I'll come
1: back next week,
0: Chris. We got to So yeah, I think Eddie Howe and Dice were nailed on. Um, But it was just trying to unlock that third one. Um, But it was Poch. 2014, he joined, according to the internet. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, successfully negotiated the teaser. So, that means you're one to nothing against Pete. So, it's a good record to have, Leah. 100% record.
1: I'll take that.
0: Uh, so yeah, so I just want to obviously thank Liam for co-hosting with me this week. Um, so yeah, thanks, Liam, for coming on, keeping me Good company. Problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, Rich will be back next week, uh, as far as I'm aware. He hasn't told me any different yet. Um, but yeah, obviously thanks for everyone for listening. Um, like I said before, obviously if you do enjoy the podcast, uh, just You know, subscribe on YouTube, follow us on on any of our social medias. Uh, But, yeah, anything else, Liam, anything you want to add before you go? Up the villa. Up the villa. Oh, God. (laughs) That's it. That's all. That's all all I've got to say. So uh, I'll be back next week, uh, as will Rich, um, but we'll see you next week.